how did your dry January go? I think mine went a day or two. And I was like, yeah. Hey, do you ever get that thing where when you when you haven't drank for a couple of days, you're like, oh, I really feel a lot better. Um, uh, when I don't have a glass of wine or two the night before, the next morning, I wake up easier. I'm in the shower and I'm like, God, I feel really good. But then I get that thing at night where it's like, you know, it'd be really good right now. A glass of wine. That would that's what would be really good right now. Anyway, uh, the podcast for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about drinking and alcohol and the wine mom culture. Or is it mom wine? No, it's wine mom culture and how there are so many people, ordinary people, just like you, just like me, who life is pretty good. And we don't have any problems, really, that are magnificent, huge problems, but we like to drink. And then we're like, I don't know if I should be doing that that much. So that's what we've been covering the last couple of weeks here on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Um, But what's really interesting is how many people have responded to this one. And I did the podcast for three or four years, and I would get maybe one email every three months or so. It was awful. And it was like, I think people listened. I just didn't give them something that they wanted to talk about necessarily. So I've been asking people to send in their stories about drinking. And the funny thing is, they're so normal, average people. And some have more interesting lives than others, but some have just regular lives where you get up and you take care of your kids and you pay your bills and you go to work and you come home and you stop at Cub and then you get some whatever and then you come home and make dinner and then you start to drink and drink too much. And you go, this is not right. I should not want to drink every night of the week. So that's kind of where we are. And I'm not trying to solve anybody's problems. I'm trying to make people feel like, hey, I've stumbled upon something that, you know, we all kind of know is what's going on. And uh, and I think people enjoy hearing that there are people who are in situations like them. So without further ado, let's get started this week. We have a really interesting interview with somebody who is right now in the middle of struggling with how much she drinks. And we're going to talk to her in just a couple of seconds on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Let's go. We've talked to several people over the last couple of weeks, and if you haven't heard some of their stories, I encourage you to go back, and maybe you're going to relate more to Jess because maybe you're a a male and Jess is a male, or maybe you'd relate more to Kelly because Kelly is a woman who's probably 28 years old, got a couple of kids, and she's got a very busy life, a very stressful life, and she drank and she stopped. Jess also stopped, or maybe you'd relate more to, uh, I think it was April, and April says she drinks and she can't stop. She'll drink until she's blackout drunk. Or maybe you'd want to hear our counselor, uh, an official LADC. I'm still not sure what that means. I think it's licensed alcohol and drug counselor, uh, Jessica, who was on last week. And this week, we're going to talk to somebody who's got a different perspective, but not entirely dissimilar from everybody else. And her name is Jamie. And uh, we're going to start off with Jamie's interview what I recorded just a minute ago, but I'm doing a lot of tricky editing here on the computer, so it all sounds like it happened all at the same time. But I just talked to her a minute or so ago, and she was fabulous. Here is my conversation with Jamie. We're going to start this segment with an email that I actually got from the person I'm about to talk to. So I thought it was very interesting. So let's start right there. Um, I got an email that said, uh, hi, Dave. 
I just listened to your podcast with episodes with Kelly and Jess, and I've recently decided I don't want to drink as much, whatever the F that means. That's her quote, not mine. I'm 45 years old, and I've been drinking at least three to four glasses of wine on most nights for the past 10 years. And before that, I drank a lot too, just not as consistently. I don't want to live like this anymore, but I haven't been able to change anything yet. I just don't know where to start. And then I think, well, what if, quote, not as much actually means none at all? And then that puts me in a bit of a panic mode because alcohol has been such a part of my life for so long. But something's got to give. I'm pretty sure my health is starting to be affected or will be very soon. I lost one of my best friends to alcohol in 2020, and I don't want to follow her into the grave. Of course, there's a lot more to it. I'd be happy to talk to you about it. Maybe it'll help another listener. Maybe it'll help me. Thanks for all that you do. I listen to the Minnesota Goodbye religiously and try not to and try to get to all the show podcasts that I, and listen live when I can. I definitely consider you my friend that I haven't met. A fellow Buffalo Wild Wings lover, it's Jamie. And on the phone right now is Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Wait, hold on. I'm going to push your button because of it. There. Hi. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Dave. What's your favorite sauce at Buffalo Wild Wings? This is a very important question. Mango habanero. Okay. Mango habanero is very, it's a little bit hot for me, but I do venture there once in a while. Uh, I don't like mild. A medium is a, is pretty much hot enough for me, but once in a while I'll go mango habanero. Have you ever done the Blazing Challenge? Um. Yeah, I tr- I've tried. I can't succeed. I can't eat my wings without a fork and they don't let you eat your wings with a fork. Okay, you do the stop, the, stop the presses. You eat your wings with a fork. How does this, how does one eat their wings with a fork? Use the fork to peel the meat off. I don't like it getting, I don't like to get so messy and I don't like it all over my face. So. <laughs> I've never heard of that before. Okay, I thought <laughs> eating pizza with a fork was ridiculous, but you eat your wings with a fork. But we'll still be friends. We'll still be friends. Okay. Um, okay. I appreciate you writing in and it's funny that you say, you know, before we get to the topic here, um, I love the fact that you listen and I love the fact that you think of us as the friends you haven't met because I really feel that way about people who listen to the show. And I hear some of the radio shows, and I've talked about this, they'll be like, hey, family, yeah, fam, and radio fam, and hey, you guys, and you fam. And I'm like, that's so, to me, very insincere because I know radio people and they don't think of their listeners as their family because they've got their own family, just like you've got your own family. and But I think of you as friends, and I, I definitely appreciate that. And that's why I think that I get along so well with people who listen to the show, because it's like, hey, you're like my buddy. And in my case, you are my Buffalo Wild Wings buddy, so thanks for that. I have so many things, Jamie, that I want to ask you about. Can I go back and start by asking you, <clears throat> tell me about your friend, if you can, and if you don't want to talk about your friend that you lost to alcohol, can you talk a little bit about what happened there? Because when you say loss to alcohol, that can mean anything from a, she you know, was hurt in an accident or killed in a, a drunk driving accident or she had such health problems. Or can you talk about her a little bit or is that too personal that you don't want to address? No, I'll touch on that a little bit. Um, she, she drank to excess um, to the point where um, she ended up having organ failure and um, it ended up going into hospice because it was not reversible and um, ended up passing away. That's so sad. And I think, you know, we wonder how much is drinking to excess? I had a friend whose dad drank like a bottle of Jack Daniels every night for God knows how long. How much did she drink? Because an excess to some people could mean a couple of glasses of wine or it could mean three bottles of wine a night. Do you know how much she drank? 
Um, I don't think anyone knows that, even her family, because okay. she hit it. It was she hit it really well. So and so, um, was she one of those people who was wonderful when she was not drinking, and she went to work, and she took care of herself, and took care of the kids, and and all of that, and then drank whenever she was alone, or what was what was her situation? Do you know? Um, she was always wonderful, um, no matter what. But it was just kind of one of those, you know lifestyles um it was always you know get home from work have a cocktail it's the weekend have some cocktails have some beers um you know working in an environment where it's you know you know in a bar environment where it wasn't it was not taboo you know to have drinks after work it was it was just it was just a lifestyle and um it, I think it just got to the point where it wasn't just, you know, when it was the parties, it wasn't just when um, people were over or it was a weekend. It was, I'm awake. It's time to drink. So possibly, and we don't know, from the time she woke up in the morning until the time she went to bed, it was possibly a drink in her hand all the time or at least one nearby. Yeah, very likely. Okay. And I, and I think, and I think one of the things that I, the reason I'm curious about that is because we all wonder where am I on that too much scale? And, and I think a lot of people got, and and can I just stop for a second and, and say, I am no kind of an expert. I'm just really curious. So when I ask things or make statements and things like that, it's kind of like what I feel or what I've seen or what I wonder about, but I don't have any idea what makes drinking too much. I think the only thing is like any problem, if you wonder whether it's a problem, then maybe it is. So you let's, let's get to you. How you say in your, in your email, you drink at least three or four glasses of wine on most nights. And you put in capital letters at least meaning sometimes it's maybe five or more. Um, yeah, I think, you know, thinking about it, I, I get the, the box wine because it's just more cost effective. It's better for the environment, yada, yada. It's, and it's just as good. Like Let's face it. If you're like me, yeah. it's just as good oh, yeah. as any twenty nine ninety nine bottle of wine. I wouldn't know the difference. So it's just as good. Absolutely. And you're not on. And if you're like me or a lot of other people, you're not in it for the deliciousness or the savorability factor. You're in it because it's wine and you want to drink. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, um, you know what? Not judging. I I know what you mean. So, so to answer your question, sorry, to answer your question about how much, um, I kind of you know did the math and figured it out because one of those boxes is about four bottles, and I buy a new box every couple days, so it's it's really about one and a half to two bottles a night. Okay, Uh, and and again, you know what? I want you to know this from the people that I've talked to you think you might be like a rarity, but I don't think you are. Mm -hmm. When you make your pour, you also don't make, I'm going to guess, you don't make the restaurant pour where you look at it and go, is that it? (laughs) Yours is like, Um, yours is right up like, like most people's. Why bother? Yeah. You you watched um, the Kristen Bell, the woman in the window across the street from the, whatever, the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. I've heard of it. Yeah. Oh, I thought you watched it. You watch it. She's got a glass, and I have one of these. It's a glass that holds an entire bottle. Holy I, crap. She's, she's my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's, I, I think that 
we we kind of you know we're laughing about it and i think because it's like oh it's like in a way it's like hey my wife has a a wine glass that says coffee till cocktails and uh, and then she's got other wine things that it's like hey it's not drinking alone if the cat's with you and we kind of laugh at it and so it becomes more acceptable. It's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I went to my kid's softball game last night and I took a Yeti cup full of vodka cranberry. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, that's funny. But is it? And I'm not here to say it's not funny because I've laughed about that thing, too. I remember we had a um, we had a bachelorette viewing party at the radio station uh, a couple of years ago uh, before COVID. And one of our listeners brought in a Yeti bottle like a big one full of wine. And I thought that was funny. And then I've talked to her about it since then. She's like, yeah, I was drinking a lot back then. She's like, I needed my wine. So let me ask you this one. So you say you haven't been able to change anymore. You don't change anything. You don't want to live like this anymore. Well, okay. I'm going to ask a rhetorical question. Why not just stop? Why not? Yeah, Um, why not? It should be so oh, easy. Well, I, Why? It's it's sure. it's it's easy, right? It's not. It's, it's not. not that it's easy. not. It's was. not. No, it's not at all. What have you experienced trying to stop, Jamie? Um, I, you know, I, I, I right now it's like okay, I said I don't want to stop all the way, right? Um, I want to be able to, you know, maybe one night a week have a few glasses of mm-hmm. wine, or maybe one night a week have two bottles of wine, or maybe every night have one glass at this point or two glasses at this point. Um, and the, it's ironically the day that I sent you my email, I didn't have a drop of wine that night. Um, and, and I'll do that, you know, maybe once every month, you know? Okay. Once a month you won't have not a, not a drop of wine. Right. Um, just cause I feel, you know, what dehydrated run down. I just, I don't want it. There's nights when I don't feel like I want it. I still get up and get it and take a sip, take a couple sips. And it's just, it doesn't taste good even. Mm-hmm. And I'll just keep, I'll just keep sipping until it tastes good. Wow. Um, and last, not last night, the night before I, I was, you know, having, I had a glass and about halfway through my second glass and, you know, it just wasn't going down like it usually does. And I just, I made my, I just stopped and don't have any more. And I didn't. So, you know, maybe I'm making progress. Maybe this is the start of getting there. Um, and, you know, I love, I listened to your podcast today with um, the, the counselor. Jessica. And, yeah, Jessica. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved what she said about like, you can always start over. You know, you can, you can always screw up and then start over again. Um, And I think that was really helpful. What is your streak? If uh, I'll give you my streak. And, and, and again, people wonder what my situation is. It's like, Dave, are you an alcoholic? I don't know, but I, I am someone who's like millions of other people who are like, geez, I drink too much. I think about drinking more often than I should. And uh, I don't want it to affect my life and my health and things like that. So uh, um, my streak was uh, five-ish, seven years ago. So I don't remember. We went to Boy Scout camp. Can't take booze to Boy Scout camp. So I stopped, didn't drink the rest of the summer, into the fall. Finally, on Thanksgiving, my family said, have a beer, have a beer. And that was it. So uh, just for curiosity's sake, 
What's your streak? Do you have to have you kept track of a streak in the last 10 years or so? Uh, I would say um, at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, I went out of town um, for my daughter's dance. We went to Florida and that was, I didn't drink during that time because I was surrounded by girls and dancers and we were up early and to bed early and there just wasn't time for it. Um, And that was five days. Okay. And you know what, if you, how did you do during those five days? Um, fine. I mean, and I'm, I'm not saying I didn't have a single drop that whole time I had, you know, maybe staying by the pool. I had a glass of wine or bloody Mary, but it was just one. Um, there was, I, there was no time that I, you know, drank and got a buzz or got drunk or whatever it was. Um, you're sure there, yeah no and i totally get that and a lot of people go hey i'm on vacation you know what whatever and um and i also wanted to address where you say you know if not as much means none at all and i've actually dealt with that uh with someone close to me where they're like i don't want to stop i know i should probably cut back a little bit but i still want to be able to have one on the weekends or a bottle on a weekends or on a weekend once in a while. So it concerns you a little bit that if you were to try to stop, you might not be able to cut back. You might just have to actually do none at all. Right. Yep. Okay. And, and it's, it's really interesting because it, it's gotten to the point in my life where like it used to be, yeah, we'd go out like a few times a week and, you know, have to cab home because we'd get that drunk or whatever. But um, now if I go out for drinks or meet for happy hour or whatever. I don't want more than a couple. I want to come home and be at home and sit and have several that way. So you have a setting where you want to, that's your setting. You don't want to go out to lunch and have a couple of drinks because who wants to be like, you know, semi buzzed and kind of not feeling yourself at four in the afternoon. So what is your setting that you're like, mine is into the day. I'm done working. I've got things done. I've fed the pets. I read the mail. I'm ready to watch TV and hat. What is your setting? It's a lot like a lot like your scenario. You know, I get home or finish my day, finish dinner. Um, I usually I just started cooking. Uh, my husband always was was the cook of the house, and okay. um, since I made you know a bit of a career change, I've got more time. I'm I you know, I was working a lot of nights, um, so I'm home and I'm like I'm. You know, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start pitching in this way. And I've, I've been enjoying it. So now the routine is that's when I pour my first glass of wine. I sip on a glass of wine while I make dinner. Um, and then, you know, I either get another one or finish that one when I eat. Um, and then just curl up, you know, watch my shows, curl up with the dog, play on the phone, go down the TikTok rabbit hole. Um, and I just always have that glass, you know, with wine in it until it's time to go to bed. How do you know when it's time to stop? For you personally, Jamie, how do you know when, uh, let's say you don't have to get up early tomorrow, how do you know when, do you stop when you can't drink another one, or do you stop when you say, oh, that's five, I'm done? When do you stop? Yeah, when I when it's time to go to bed, either okay. when I fall asleep on the couch or I'm tired, you know. I It's hard for me to sleep if I haven't had alcohol. Let's stop right there. Yeah, let's Mm -hmm. stop there for a second because I think a lot of people have experienced that. 
if you become so reliant on alcohol to let to help you fall asleep, then you go, I am not going to drink tonight. <clears throat> then you go upstairs, you get in bed, and you have never felt so awake and alive in your entire life <laughs> as you are, as you're laying there trying to go to sleep. Um, uh, my experience is night number one with that is difficult. Number two, number three, number four, a little bit easier. By the time you get to like night number six or seven, it's actually a way better sleep. It's a deeper sleep. It's not an induced kind of a sleep. It's a melatonin. It's like a not, not melatonin. It's a it's your body's own natural chemistry letting you sleep. So uh, if you are, as you listen to this, going, boy, I need my alcohol to get to sleep. If you stop for a few days, it does get easier to go to sleep. But it's easier to say, I'm going to stop tomorrow, or I'm going to stop after vacation, or I'm going to stop after I have my root canal, or whatever it is that we're going to stop afterward. You're married and happily married for 20 years. you got grown kids. What does your partner say about this? Um, He's super supportive and basically whatever. I mean, he's... He, I talked to him a little bit just recently. I said, "Hey, you know, I want to kind of throttle back on on the wine intake. I don't really know what that looks like, but I just need your support. And I also, I don't know what that looks like either." Um, I told him, "I said, I don't, I don't need you to be like, oh, another glass. You know, if I fill up a third time, you know, I, I don't need nagging. That'll just make it worse." Um, and he's basically just there, you know, I'll talk to him about it. I'll tell him how I'm feeling about it. Um, and he's, just, he's a good support. Okay. But he's not, he's also not nagging you and he doesn't take the glass out of your hand or say how many you need. He's just like, you do you Jamie and I am here and I'm not going to judge or make you feel bad, but if you want a little support, so he's cool doing whatever you want him to do. Yes. Okay. Yes. Do you have any plans? And again, this is not, I, I feel like I'm pretending to be somebody that I'm not, and I'm really not. But do you have any plans to like, you know, like after spring break, I'm going to stop, or maybe this Friday, I'm not going to have my usual glass of wine. Do you have any plans? No. No? Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. No, yes. fair enough. And I think a lot of people, they, they just don't. I think a lot of people have just gotten to the point where it's like, I've tried, I've quit. Four days later, I'm drinking again. I wanted to ask you one thing that I think is a big motivator for a lot of people. That can be their family or their kids. Have your kids ever said anything to you? Because your kids are, it sounds like you got one that's, you know, that was at home at least recently. Your kids are grown and out of school or out in college or older now. Did your kids ever say anything about, Mom, do you really need another one? Or, Mom, you're drunk or anything like that? Um. Not really. It's kind of, you know, my, my youngest, the one that just, you know, is still kind of around the house more. Um, she's kind of, you know, it's just kind of that the mom wine culture thing, you know, her friends, moms drink the wine and it doesn't seem, you know, it's not abnormal. It's not like, Oh, I've never seen this anywhere else before. Um, and, and I hold it together. I don't, you know, I'm not a sloppy drunk. I'm not, you know, I don't get up and stumble down the hallway to the bathroom. It's, you know, I might get a little goofy or say some more inappropriate things, but she's, it's not a shock to her. Okay. <laughs> no. And, and I totally get that because I think that some, um, uh, you know, for example, my, my wife, she grew up with my, her, both her mom and dad both drank um, uh, to the point where they were drunk and embarrassing. I think, 
pretty much every night. And my wife could not have friends over because if they came over, her mom and dad would be drunk and they would embarrass her. And, uh, and I think that's a, that's a really hard thing. And I don't know if she ever tried to say anything, but of course, you know, saying something doesn't always do anything. I think one thing that some people are like, like shocked into action by is their health. And you said in your email, you said, I'm pretty sure my health is starting to become affected or will be very soon. What do you mean by that? Um, just a couple of things, you know, recently when I, you know, I've gone to the doctor a couple of times for different things and, um, my, my blood pressure is higher than it used to be. I've always had really nice, even kill blood pressure. And I feel like I can feel that it, that's becoming more of a consistent thing and it's more intense after I've had more to drink at night. Um, and then, um, you know, some of my, my last blood work, my liver functions were increased and, um, you know, they want to recheck it again in six months or whatever. So just some, some little warning signs where, um, you know, having gone through it with a very close friend, you know, those were some of the first things that, you know, the first warning signs and that, that was the point where it was reversible. And, you know, I don't want to ignore it. I don't want to, you know, blow it off and say, you know, it's, it's a fluke. It's, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that bad right now. Um, because, because that's kind of how it's bad. That's kind of how she started. She had, you know, with the drinking, your friend that had passed away, she drank a lot and then she had blood pressure and then she had some liver problems and then pretty soon it was irreversible. And that was the beginning of the end. Yep. I think that's an eye opener for a lot of people. And I think sometimes we tend to say, yeah, we're okay. I feel pretty good otherwise, you know, but it's, it's kind of like, it's like eating fast food too much. You know, we can tell ourselves that it's not affecting ourselves and, and maybe we're getting enough exercise. We can get away with it. Or maybe it's like smoking. It's smoking cigarettes is a really good one. I used to smoke. I think I, my, my most ever smoked was a, a pack and a half a day. And the reason I quit wasn't health reasons. It's because I didn't want my mom and dad to find out. And so every time I'd visit my mom and dad, I would stop smoking. And one time I just didn't start smoking again. So I was able to stop and I haven't smoked in, I don't know, 20 plus years. And I really, I don't care. I don't really want another cigarette right now at all. I would guess I would love to have one, but it's not like I have any craving at all. But sometimes there's different reasons why we go, wow, maybe that's something to think about there. Um, the rest, again, I don't want to get too personal. The rest of your life sounds pretty good though. Do you have, because some people say, well, I'm stressed out. I lost my job. I don't get along with my partner. My kids are rotten and uh, I blah, blah, blah. Everybody's life's got their problems. Does your life and your day-to-day issues ever cause you does that have anything to do with your drinking? Because there are people who be like, well, my husband's cheating on me, so that's why I drink. Uh, is there anything like, like you know, my dogs tore up my couch, so I need uh, – that's a dumb example, and forgive me. <laughs> but is there anything that's a trigger for you? Um, I think when – I think, you know, the past 10 years or so, I've been uh, – I was – I managed restaurants, and that was – that was the big stressor. That was the, let me tell you, um, especially the past couple of years. Um, and you know, and I did make the decision to step out of that and, and do something that's not nearly as stressful. Um, 
And it has made a huge impact on my overall well-being and the state of my everything, my entire life. Um, but it has, you know, at this point, it's just, it's time to have a drink, you know? It's five o'clock. It's, it's time to pour a glass of wine. That's um, funny you say that because it is five o'clock right now as we're recording this in the <laughs> afternoon. Again, I don't want to get too personal because this might not mean anything at all. But are you about to have your first drink now? Um, probably when I start dinner. Okay. I am drinking right now, but I'm drinking tea because uh, if you hear me slurping on anything, and God, I get shit from Fallon every morning because apparently I slurp my coffee way too loud. So I'm not sure if you can hear me slurping in the background while you're talking, but it's tea, I promise. Um, uh, and that's one of the things I remember Jess, when he was on the podcast, he said that was his go-to when he was trying to get off of like, you know, his rum and Cokes was like, he would substitute tea. I've substituted things like tonic water and put a lime in it. Cause it's like, well, it's not a gin and tonic, but it kind of tastes like a gin and tonic and the glass is cold like a gin and tonic and it weighs about as much. So is there anything that you want to wrap up with saying that you're like, oh, I want to make sure I tell Dave this and we never get a chance to talk about it. Was there anything else, Jamie, that you wanted to, to talk about? Um, I don't think so. I think we covered the bases. Um, you know, it's just, you know, finding that substitute. And, um, you know, I think it's just time to, like, look for the, the reason. You know, obviously my health and my family and having living a long life is, is a good reason. Um and, you know, reminding myself of that every time I want to pick up a drink, every time I want to go to the fridge or maybe not every time, but after the second one, after the third one. There's a part of me that wants to challenge you just for tonight, Jamie, to not have a drink. And uh, I will not have a drink if you don't have a drink. Now, you can lie to me if we ever talk again and say, yeah, Dave, I did great. I don't know. I'm going to challenge myself to not have a drink tonight. And I challenge you to not have a drink tonight, but you don't have, you can do whatever you want to, because again, I worry about this, Jamie. I worry about people thinking, well, Dave thinks he's all of a sudden an expert. He's given terrible advice. And this woman's got an alcohol problem and he's challenged her to not have a drink for one night. Who does he think he is? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't think that's the point. I'm not trying to cure anything here. I'm trying to get stories out. So people will say, I'm not alone in this. There's a lot of people that are just like me and like Jess and like April and like Kelly and like Jamie too. So there's my challenge. You can do with it what you want. I, I will accept that challenge. Accept that challenge. It. Okay. Pinky swear. We're going to try our best and like, air pinky. and, and uh, air pinky. And like Jessica says, if we blow it, guess what? We can start over tomorrow. So Hey, uh, Jamie, you were a lot of fun to talk to. Uh, I appreciate you being so candid and talking to us about this because, again, I think every time somebody hears this podcast and the numbers of listings have really gone up in, in the last couple of weeks, I think because there's a lot of people. For some reason, there's like hundreds of people in Seattle who are listening to this podcast. I don't know why, but if you're listening to this podcast in Seattle, send me an email and let me know how did you find out about this podcast because it's really weird. I can see like around the country where people are listening and there's a lot in Seattle. Send an email to Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. And Jamie, thanks again so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Dave. I really appreciate you, you know, breathing life into this topic and making it a conversation because I think that's, it's important. It's, it's helped me already, so. Hey, again, thank you, April, for being on the podcast. Uh, next week, we're going to talk to somebody whose parents 
drank a lot. And I think particularly her mother drank a lot to the point where to this day, they don't have the relationship that they should have because of mom's drinking. And if you have a unique story, you're like, oh man, Dave should hear my story. People can really benefit from my story. Hey, please send me an email. I think that one of the comforting things about this podcast is saying, oh, there's other people that are like me or have it worse than me. Send that email to Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. We'll see you next time.